If Nicole Hendricks thought life was a struggle before, she was truly and utterly mistaken. Compared to what she goes through after her child's father gets her caught up in his mess, it was a walk in the park. She and her wealthy parents don't have the best relationship, but they're the only people she has to turn to when things go south. However, all that's well doesn't end well for her, and she's left to figure out things on her own. August Drake, the family's black sheep, is the last person his father wants as the CEO of the company he's built with his bare hands. However, when his older brother, the golden child, falls ill, he's left with no other choice. In order to maintain his position, the most eligible bachelor must complete two tasks marry and produce a few heirs to the throne when the two meet it is a complete disaster hatred in its purest form nonetheless august and nicobe are both in a bind i'm in a bind nate and have to learn how to work together but how will they ever get there if they if they are always at each other's necks love can be fulfilling but can also hurt when it's lost. However, nothing is more pleasing than when I'm banging my millionaire boss. Rocco has selfishly stirred the pot, and Nicole has taken the brunt of the blow. However, he didn't account for the boss she had by her side. No matter how hard she tried to push August away, he won't go anywhere. To make matters worse, their situationship has become public knowledge. Having a billionaire for a boyfriend is all fun and games until the reporters dig into her life, making things much worse. The one thing people shouldn't have done was estimate August. He may have been the underdog in their foolish eyes, but he never came in last place. He's always one step ahead of the game, and soon everyone will learn that when messing with what's with what's his he'll go to any extreme to ensure they're okay hello my beautiful people and welcome back to the bibliophiles bookcase i'm your host erica the bibliophile and today's episode is about an author that i loved when i was younger you know back when you were reading books that you had no business reading um and it was a part of a compilation series, I believe. I cannot remember what it was, but I know I loved it. And her name is Misha Mesh. Um, so let's get into it. Now, um, once again, I am putting two books together because there's a part one and a part two. But I think this could have been just one book as a standalone novel instead of a two-part series. But um it's called Banging My Billionaire Boss. <sighs> and I have some thoughts, so let's get into it. So we are introduced to Nicole Hendricks, who is a hardworking young lady who works at the post office day in and day out, which is a good job. To, like, that's a nice job. Uh, I think at one point, I think I applied but um i think i stopped like in the middle of my application i was like this is something that i can't do because first of all i'm not good with direction i'll probably get lost day in and day out but this ain't about me um but yeah so she has a nice job at the post office while she has a boyfriend who she lives with or i should say lives with her and she takes care of and they have a little baby girl 
and it's like one day she comes home early because she has been working day in and day out day out to the point her supervisor is like okay you are literally dead on your feet you have to go home and she even tries to argue then like you know no i'm fine i'll keep going and he's like you know i guess either you leave willingly or like i'm gonna have to fire you because you can't go on like this and so when she gets home on this particular day she sees people on her porch just lined up and she's like i know he isn't doing what i think he's doing and she asks one of the people standing on the porch you know like what the hell are you doing here and the man is like what the hell do you think i'm doing here i'm here to get my you know people who do drugs they love to call it their medicine um and rock the boyfriend's name is rocco he comes out on the porch like a deer caught in headlights like it ain't what you think it is and you know their daughter is home with him he stays at home with the daughter all day and she rushes into the house to see where the daughter is and she's in her bedroom like still in her pajamas he ain't got her dressed all day ain't fed her nothing like that and when the daughter sees her she rushes over to give her a hug like oh mommy i'm so happy to see you daddy makes me stay in this room all day and he just gives me juice and snacks and you know i can't come out and she is furious it's like i know first of all you selling drugs out of my motherfucking house like let's start right there and it's like yeah like what are you thinking and with the daughter in the house and that's what his ass get because that last customer that he sold to like snatched the drugs out of his hand and took off running so he didn't make no money from that sale and then because nicobe is so upset she just start fighting this man like really whooping his ass until he kind of backs her up off him and like you know calm down it ain't what you think it is but it's like it's exactly what i think it is why i am out here the one working with a job you are selling drugs out of my house and how does it look that you got this gang of people lined up on the fucking porch it's like you think people ain't gonna put two and two together you got different people running in and out of my house all day every day while i'm not here and it's like while they're arguing the police come in and arrest both of them and you know of course she didn't know what was going on she's literally figuring it out the same day and her daughter's trying to get to her and she's like you know please let me get my daughter you can't take my daughter i'm the only one that she has and of course you know the people don't care nothing about that they don't believe that she didn't have anything to do with it and um it's like girl we don't care about this child cps gonna come get her yo bad and that's exactly what happened so while nicobe is locked up her daughter i, I believe her name is shakobe um you know she's put into foster care and she calls her parents and no she goes to see them sorry i'm like not call she goes to see them and she asks her father i don't know why she didn't ask her mom yes i do her mama don't do nothing without the daddy say so 
Now, her parents are wealthy, but she is not. Um, and, you know, like, they don't help her out in any way whatsoever. But she goes to her dad and says, you know, I need you to take Shakobi into your care until I can get this whole situation figured out. And the daddy is like, oh, now you want to talk to me. Oh, because you want something from me. So now I can hear from you. And you want me to take in a grandchild that I've never met before today that you told me that I couldn't see. And basically, no. He tells her no. Um, but he does agree to get her a lawyer to help her out. So it's just like, okay, fine. I got a lawyer. But she got to do everything else by herself. And so she has to stay in a hotel now. Like, she no longer has her place. Of course, she no longer has her job with the post office. Um, oh, and her dad also gets her a job. I take that back. She does have a job. So he got her lawyer in a job. But he like, that child going to have to stay where she at. And if anything, that's what I would want. I would want you to take my child versus getting me a lawyer and a job. Because at least I know she's safe. Because foster care i just don't trust some people and it's like you got people who take kids in solely for the money take kids in solely to just abuse them and that's all i could think about not even just sexually just abusing children because that um what was it on netflix about that little baby boy his own mama and her boyfriend killed him like the thought of and that's not the same thing but it's just like putting your child in somebody else's care i just can't do it um so when she has to go to work or report let me take this back because i feel like i'm trying to say so many words at one time and i'm jumbling myself up she has an interview to talk with her new boss but before she can even get there, she stops at this coffee shop to, you know, grab a cup of coffee. Now, things go wrong from the parking lot because she sees some guy in a nice car jupe her out of her parking spot. Because as soon as she's about to pull in, you know, of course, because his car is newer, faster, he just comes right into her parking spot. So she's upset about that. And then when she gets inside and stands in line she sees that the guy gets to go straight you know straight to the front because the lady knows him like he's well known whoop whoop whatever so she's annoyed by that then when she finally does get her coffee she's already running behind which i don't understand if you know you don't have time to stop somewhere why would you stop anyway and then I've said this before. Like, if you know you running behind, do not get in there hoping them people are going to be real fast about it. That No. They at their job. If you need to get to yours, get to yours and get coffee after or when you can get a break or something like that. And so she don't park behind this man. So he can't leave until she give it get back out there and so when she gets out there he like you real lucky because you had about two more minutes before the tow truck company came and moved this little piece of shit out of my way and she's talking shit like you know yeah right it would have took like at least 30 minutes or an hour for them to get here and he like baby when you got money like i got no it wouldn't have and while she's trying to talk shit to him 
the tow truck company, like them people pulling up right as she's talking. So she throws her coffee on him and runs to get in her car and pulls off. Now, when she makes it to her interview, lo and behold, guess what? It's the same guy. So he changes out of his shirt that had coffee on it and he's already annoyed so when he sees her he like oh hell no ain't no way i'm about to be working with her but um his name is august drake you know he's the billionaire boss and his brother tells him you know like you need somebody like her you need to just let this go through and you know you need to stop being a playboy so you can look right in the company's eyes so they see that you're fit to run this company and of course, you know, he's he's the young playboy. He's like, man, I don't give a fuck about that. I'm living my life how I want to. Um, everybody knows that I'm the best for this job. Like, I make this company what it is. I don't care how they want me to act as long as I get the job done. And so as August and Nicole start working together, it's like a match made from hell. They always arguing, going back and forth. Um, but there's a young lady by the name of Sam who helps Nicobe out. So they become friends. She's like, you know, he likes his stuff like this. If you just do it like this, everything will be fine. And the sad part is he is a cool boss. Like everybody loves working with him. They're on a first name basis. It's real cool in the office. Except for her. Like she has to call him Mr. Drake and he calls her Miss Hendrix and he's just constantly like running her down and it's like basically to the point of trying to get her to quit but she won't give him the satisfaction so she gets a call from his father um they call him senior I believe it's Gabe senior because that's August's brother name is Gabe as well so Senior calls Nicole at her Lord. He was inside her hotel. Sorry, because it was another time she got a phone call. So when she makes it home after that first day, that nigga is sitting inside her hotel. And she was like, I ain't got no money. And he looked at her and looked around the room and was like, Yeah, obviously. Um <laughs> and so she's like, What do you want? And he's like, you know, I need you to keep an eye on my son. Tell me everything that he's doing. So basically I can be one step ahead of him, excuse me. And we won't have no problems. And she's like, I can't do that. And he's like, you know, if you do it, I'll slide you a little extra money, help you out with your situation because I know everything that's going on with you. And she's like, you know, I need to think about it. And... Of course, when she sits down and think about it, like, girl, you need to move into a new home. You need to work this job so they see that you have a roof over your head and a good paying job and you're able to take care of your daughter and she deserves to be back into your care. So she texts him saying, of course, I'll do it, whatever. And he tells her that she needs to be at August's house at five o'clock in the morning you know, just to snoop around me. And she's like, what reason would I have to pop up on him at five o'clock in the morning? And he's like, I don't know, but you better figure it out. And so August is getting in from a late night at, it was either two or three o'clock in the morning. So 
it's like this nigga just about to go to bed and she probably up at the same time getting ready to pop up on him but uh the front door man tells him you know your old girlfriend upstairs i tried to stop her but she bypassed me and just made herself right on at home and august was like why didn't you call me and jim jim was his name. jim was like i did and i left a voicemail but you didn't respond and so he has to pull his phone out his pocket to see that he t- turned his phone off and then when he turns it back on he sees it just like jim said it's a phone a missed phone call and a voicemail it's like yeah of course like i i didn't lie so he's like damn so when he gets up to his place oh girl got the nerve to be in some lingerie like where you been i've been waiting on you like you're not my girl you shouldn't be waiting here like how the fuck did you get in here but he ain't changed the code on nothing of course because it's like y'all think once y'all say some words people just supposed to uh skip to your loo and do what you say and that bitch did the exact opposite but she it didn't work between them because she's crazy jealous and you know was calling him every minute anytime she saw him talking to somebody else she coming over there hollering and screaming and the last straw between them is she fought his cousin or something like that so it's like yeah it's a wrap because you fighting family members out here and then of course it's just like oh baby i'm sorry but you know you belong to me i don't like seeing you talk to other people so it's just like first of all bitch i don't belong to you it's over with so he trying to kick her out but she done brought another woman in for them to all have sex together which I don't see how that works because if you so jealous to the point you fighting family members and don't like to see him talking to anybody else how are you participating in group sex it just don't make sense and he asked her the same thing like so what is she here just to watch me fuck you or something and she's like no silly she's gonna participate and the fool actually does it like if the and that's the common theme between like all the books and i'm not gonna stop reading them but it do get on my nerves it's like if you know this bitch is crazy and you know the last time you dealt with her it caused you some bullshit why would you do it again because you howling and roughing her up is not gonna stop because it didn't stop her the last time but anywho so when she shows up that morning nicole she finds old girl with a turkey baster trying to uh be like eggs off of the game and have a why ain't even gonna say have a come up but trying to make sure that she's in august's life forever so nicole snatches the turkey baster and goes looking for august and he in the bed with another woman so you know she feeling some type of way because it's just like ugh, you disgust me and it's like no you jealous that you ain't either one of them and she throws the turkey baster at this nigga's head and it's like you know if you were more on your game you will realize what's happening around you so he hop up mad as hell trying to fight the girl like is this what the fuck you doing like girl you just don't know how da 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 and you better get out my face because if i ever see you again it's gonna be this 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 and old girl leaves and the other one slide on out of there because she's like you know i'm just breaking into this business i don't want no parts of this um 
And then he's also upset at her, like, you know, what are you even doing here? And she don't have a good reason. And it's like, he knows she lying, but he let her make it. And I wouldn't, because I'm like, as my assistant, I contact you. You don't just show up at my house. So that's what she said. She was like, I want to learn. So, you know, I'm here early trying to learn everything about me and your assistant. So he's like, that's how you want to put it? Cool. So he's running her ass ragged. Like, he won't let her breathe. His foot stay on her neck. Um, And even at one point, he does a magazine. And she's reading over the article. Because, you know, they come over to her. Like, can you give this to Mr. Drake to look over to approve? And she says, you know, he gives me approval over everything. So let me look at it. And in the article, they are just putting him on as this bachelor he changed women like he changed draws all this type of stuff and she's like no don't put that in there you know talk about how good of a person he is the charities that he donates to the um homeless shelters that he feeds at like mention that type of stuff and the lady is like this is not a gossip magazine but it's just like it's one of those type magazines like girl we trying to what was it? He's like the most eligible eligible bachelor. It's one of those type articles and magazines. It's like, don't nobody want to hear about that? This ain't a humani- humanitarian award. Lord, I can speak. I know words. I promise. Um, <laughs> and so he comes over and like, let me see. That's cool. Go ahead and print that. And she's frustrated because it's just like, why are you so hell bent on being like, the black sheep of your family and being difficult and he's like once again the i don't care i'm cool with it like i don't need you to stand up for me type of thing so it's like don't even worry about it and so then they take a trip to is it miami i believe it's miami and he has her running everywhere and at the end of the night because they're usually done by nine o'clock they run into each other in the lobby and she's fully dressed and he's like oh you should have called me because we still got work to do and they don't really still have work to do it's just he being a hater and so she's like why we usually done by this time of night and i'm not trying to waste this trip just being by your side or stuck up in the hotel room like i'm gonna go out and have a good time and so he like basically raining on her parade so she's like all right cool let me go change clothes and i guess you know like i'll meet you at your room and now he's feeling bad because he's like oh i don't want to see her sad but it's like nigga what else did you think you don't even have work for her to do for real you just want to be all up in her business and she don't want you in her business so he's like i'll take you out you know i'll show you around so they go out they drinking which is i think is always a bad idea because I did the same thing. Like, never go out to drink with your coworkers or your boss. You just don't do it. Because you're thinking you're going to be able to chill. Like, I'll just have one or two drinks. And it's it's not a good idea. So, two women come up to him, like, while they out together. Basically paying her no attention. And she says something to the two women. And once again, he, like, interjects and, like, kind of pushes her to the side but he explains to her like you know those two are the daughters of um a couple men that i do business with so 
you know, I never want to burn any bridges. So although they were being disrespectful, like you kind of got to chill. So they continue drinking. And by the end of the night, they kissing, feeling on each other, and they make it back to his hotel room. And it's she says something. I forgot what it was. And it just clicked something off in him. And he pushed her away and tell her, you know, basically get your ass out. This never should fucking happen. And it ain't gonna happen again. You can bet that. And it's just like, damn. Like, how you can sleep with any and everybody, but when it comes to me, it's really a problem. And in between this of them doing this back and forth thing that they're doing. He's also always talking about her clothes because she dresses different compared to the other people who dress up in the office. And so he gave her a credit card and told her basically put it on this account and please change how you look. And at first she been blowing him off like me and my cowgirl boots are going to stay right here, which I'm like, first of all, I don't care who you are. No, (laughs) like, cowgirl boots at work no like in an office setting where you see how these people are in suits and dresses and skirts no ma'am and so she has a talk with sam and because one day they're at lunch together and she's like you know can you help me to look more like you basically have I have a movie reference for everything. Like, the devil wears Prada. Like, it's time to change your clothes and you act like you actually deserve to be here and want to be here. And, because she said something to Sam about, you know, I know you spend a lot of money on clothes. And Sam was like, er, let me stop you right there. I just know how to shop and I know how to look good, honey. Because all this stuff ain't designer. Like, I got a few pieces, but no, honey. I just know how to dress, girl. And she was like, oh, my bad. Um, and so she changes her look. And one day she comes into his office and it's like, oh, that's all you? And of course, so this starts a situationship of them sleeping together. It, with her still taking... Uh, bits and pieces of information back to senior while also still talking to her boyfriend Rocco on the phone I forgot all about that because that's what I was going to start this off because I felt a type of way child because while she in that hotel room he had the nerve to call her and I was like first of all how you get her but it don't even matter but when she tells him what's going on this fool on the phone like why is my daughter in foster care how did you let this happen like nigga we was there the same day when we both got arrested what the fuck you mean you know exactly how she's in foster care you got me caught up in your bullshit and now my daughter is gone i lost my job i lost my house like i didn't understand that and as he's talking all this shit to her she starts crying and lets him get in her head i'm like first of all you was the one going to work every day while that nigga stayed at home red flag number one and i hate the whole red flag shit but ain't no way and then it's like this nigga was selling drugs out your house red flag number two and y'all both got it like he know exactly what happened so i don't understand how you let him break you down like this and like basically he ruined your life but you still feel some sort of obligation to this nigga just because he is your child's father 
Newsflash, sweetie. He didn't care about your child. So, like, what are you... He's the father. So what? And I hate the way that people put so much, like, weight on that. Like, this is my child's father. I can't do this. Why not? Like, if they blatantly showing you that they don't care about the child, why not? I feel like y'all build up these fairy tales in your head that y'all done seen for so long and just swear it's supposed to be that way that you feel like you just have to break yourself for some shit that's never gonna happen and then you fuck your child up worse in the end and when they grow up they tell you you never had to do that for me and that be the sickest part don't it like you like i wanted you to have this and i wanted it to be that way and your child turned to look you in the face and say i'm fine without it or i would have been much better if you hadn't did that because look at me now like y'all really don't be thinking about it be about what you want projecting off on your child and your child grows up i'm like oh i wish you would have did the opposite honey because look at me look at me look at what the fuck you did to me and i didn't want that at all and rocco 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 see all roccos are trash i see what elmo be talking about because ain't no fucking way and so this nigga in jail talking shit and at the end of the first story he on the phone because he she got she got a new nigga so her and august making it work Ooh, I forgot. So one night, uh, Rocco calling the phone because she had got drunk. That's what it was. She had got drunk and she like, man, I'm not fucking with him. He getting on my nerves. So she at the bar just going crazy. So August goes and picks her up and takes her back to his house. And while she in the tub, her phone rang. And he answered it like, what you calling my girl for? You know, that's my daughter now. We don't need your services no more. Thank you very much and goodbye. Now, August and Nicole get into it for a minute because she's like, you know, why would you do that? I don't need you to do that. I already got enough going on. And at the end of the day, that's still her father. And he like basically said all of what I said. Like, girl, I don't care about that. I'm about to be taking care of you and Shacoby. So... There's no need for him, and he in jail. He can't do nothing for you. Um, and he like you know all that. Like I can help you get her back, like all that type of stuff. So, ain't no need to worry about that. Uh, I also forgot to mention the quote unquote lawyer that her daddy hired for her. Bullshit, bullshit. She might as well should have had a a court appointed attorney because that man don't know nothing about her case ain't looking up too much of nothing and every time he come to court he unprepared just sitting there looking like he's stuck on stupid and it was one time she almost got sent to jail because while the prosecutor and i'm like girl i know you probably excuse me ain't been to court but you watch court shows it's their job to make you look like trash and present this case against you but old girl keep hopping up, slamming her hand on the uh, table like, that's a lie. And I do everything for my daughter. Um, but anyway, when uh, after that phone call with uh, August, Rocco gets on the phone and calls, I don't know how, like he gets in touch with the police and it's like, this is Myron such and such 
can you tell somebody like i'm ready to make a statement on my case and it's like so because she got a new nigga you have to snitch and that's exactly what he done i'm just like bitch you have got to be kidding me so the next day when they go to work together august and nicole b she's arrested like that the fbi is running through there so the fbi comes through sorry because i got cut off um they come through like we need to ask her a couple questions and you know we need to see what's going on and she's rearrested again but august gets all of it taken care of like this my woman now i love her ain't no way um she being taken down for something that she did not do because she explained everything to him and you know he's basically on her side like you know i got you don't even worry about it and so after she gets out of jail she goes and visits right which i don't understand i'm like how how are you going to see this nigga and it's like y'all are in a case together ain't no way you should be able to sign your name and show your face in there and be able to go visit with him but she does she goes to see him and is like you know why are you lying on me saying basically i'm your boss in this drug shit and it's all on me and none of it's on you and he like i don't know what you're talking about because you know they got the phones up to their ears and of course it's being recorded um and he's like you know you were the one who told me to meet up with him those are your drugs and so she's like oh you want to play this game so she gets loud in there like do they know that you snitching in here and so he looks around like hoping ain't nobody heard her and he's like you know i don't know what you're talking about so he getting loud and all this riffraff but then her stupid ass and yes she's stupid like stands up and like tries to throw her chair through the glass but it's like of course it didn't break girl like <laughs> what are you doing and how even now are you still letting this man get you to this level it don't make no sense I'm, it's just like nicole she's so smart she's talented but you just let this man who ain't about nothing like you swear the sex was whack his dick little you were never really satisfied with him um you know you had to take care of him he was basically like another dependent like another child for you so how was he allowed to get in your mental like this girl and that's basically what he says he was like you know you saying all that but i had you taking care of me though like i got to stay at home and not do anything if i chose to while you went to work making all the money so it's just like you say all that but basically i made you my bitch so what are we talking about here and so she to even go see him though she lied to august and like he had like she had a driver now had people picking her up and dropping her off and she goes to the supermarket swearing she about to do some shopping and she gets in an uber and goes out to the jail to see him so august's bodyguard though like they caught on to what she was doing and told him so when she comes out like this nigga is in a car waiting on her like man get your ass in this car and what is your purpose of going to talk to him like there's nothing that you need to say to him 
Because you know the nigga gonna lie. Like, ain't... Talk to him for what? Communicate with him for what? Like, cut that nigga off. He's no good. And so... Also, with her casework, like her caseworker, she gets a phone call saying that Jacoby is acting up. And it's like, of course, she's a little girl that got taken away from her parents and she wants to go home. So they give her a moment to see her and visit with her. And she's like, you know, baby, it's all going to be over soon. I promise. So don't even worry about it. And the foster parents are really nice. They're like, you know, they're they're one of the good ones. It's just like, we're not trying to keep you from your child. We know it's temporary, like, and anything we can do to calm her down, please. And also in the background, Senior is like, he has his business, but he's also dealing in drugs. And the way he brought up his kids, Gabe was supposed to take over the company while August was only supposed to take over the drug empire. And so, but August took over both because Gabe has a condition, he has MS. So, you know, he's ill. He can't, he really can't work. Like he does work, but he has these spells and things. And so he's kind of out for the count. So August deals in drugs in the business. And on the business side, it comes back to bite him in the ass because his best friend who he works with, is now being indicted in that same drug case with um Nicobe and Rocco. And now, if you remember, I said the way book two ended, his name was Myron something when he was ready to make a statement. Now in this book, his name is Gerald Easley or Easy, something like that. I was just like, you, this is why we need editors. We need to, we really need to look over our work and just make sure that everything is flowing and that it goes together. Cause I was just like, I thought this nigga's name was Myron. What happened? And out of nowhere, Rocco is gay or at the very least bisexual. Cause he, no, he's gay. Because he did not enjoy sex with Nicobe either. It, she was really like his beard and he just stuck with it. Because he saw what happened when other people came out and were rejected by their family. So they he didn't want to be a part of it. And there was this guy named Jamie that he was sneaking around with on the low. And they like lost track of each other but when he went to jail Jamie just happens to be his bunkmate and Jamie is also on the more feminine side of being gay like he's not trans but he's just a feminine gay man and so they have picked back up their relationship in jail and I was just like how how did we get here and that was another thing and I was a child then but um the other book of hers that I love so much. It was just like, it's about these gay people on the low, not wanting to tell their truth, but being outed in some type of way anyway. And so Jamie is like, you know, what's going, how did you get here? And he never wants to specify what's going on with his case and how he got there. He kind of like brushes it off. Our only is telling Jamie part of the story. But come to find out that word got... Jamie is actually August's cousin. So 
there was a hit put out on Rocco in the jail. And it's just this particular day where Rocco, he was not trying to go outside after, I guess, he thought people heard her yelling out about him snitching. So he just want to stay in his cell all day. Like, I'm not going out there. I'm cool right here where I'm at. But Jamie is like, you know, we're going to be here for a while. You got to get out and get some sunlight. Like, you can't be stuck in here all day. Let's go. So he's like, okay, cool. And he's like, you sure? Don't know fights or nothing be happening. And Jamie tells him it rarely happens. So, of course, when they sit down, a fight breaks out with one of the CEOs. And he is getting stomped out and getting his ass whooped. And so, of course, that break out other fights within the gangs that's inside of the jail. And Rocco is shook. He's like, man, I thought you said fight something. And Jamie is like, that is not what I said. I said they rarely happen. And I guess today is one of those rare occasions. But come on. And then somebody come over there and started whooping on Jamie. And um, Rocco got to jump in and get them niggas up off his baby. And then they run to a part of the jail where there is a trans woman there. And... You know, they're uh, Jamie and the trans lady are friends. And she's like, you know, what's going on here? And Jamie tells tells her, excuse me, you know, nothing you need to worry about because he ain't going to be here long. And he stabs Rocco up. And Rocco is baffled by this because he's like, you know, he was ready to come out the closet and claim Jamie as his boyfriend. And he looked at him like, why? And Jamie tells him, you know, August is my cousin, and you should you shouldn't snitch. Ain't no snitching, nigga. Fuck is wrong with you? But come to find out, he didn't die right then and there. Like they got him to the hospital, and you know, um, Nicole was his emergency contact, so she rushes down to the hospital, and you know they got tubes everywhere. He can't talk, but she just gives the give her goodbye statement, I should say, telling him, you know, even though I should be pissed at you, I should be so angry with you. I'm not, and I wish you well, and you know, this is goodbye, and as soon as she says that, like, it started going crazy in there, you know, the machine's making all this noise, and he dies right then and there, and of course, that's when his mama want to walk in the door, goddamn name is Treats, why the fuck is her name Treats, um, Blaming Nicole, like, I know you did this. You did this to my son. He told me how you were the one that made him uh, sell drugs. And Nicole, like, at first she wasn't going to engage because she, like, she already know how his mommy, and that's another thing. Like, you knew that that was a goddamn mama's boy and you fought, like, tooth and nail to be with this nigga. And that's really what it was. She just wanted to prove people wrong and not have people have to say so over her relationship. And it's like, look at you. Look at you now. Um... And she turns around and was like, that is not true. I begged that boy to get a job and work a regular job and, you know, just bring a steady paycheck to the house. And her, um, excuse me, her, his mama yelling back at her like, yeah, that would have been the right thing to do. Instead, you were greedy and wanted more money and made him sell drugs. It's like, no, but I was the one working day in and day out at that post office bringing in money while your home, your son sat at home, excuse me, and did nothing. Like, don't play with me. I had no knowledge whatsoever of what he was doing. But Trees ain't going to believe that anyway. Because even as a grown-ass man, when he 
wasn't staying with Nicole. He was staying at his mama house and she was cooking his meals and washing his clothes and even still cutting up his food for him as a grown ass man. And although he hated it, he loved it at the same time. I'm like, yeah, because you want to act like you a man and walk around with your chest puffed out, but you can't do nothing for yourself. Your mama taking care of all your needs, but you want to holler out that you a man. And then I was like, another thing, I feel like the author just added in the gay aspect to like further diminish him as a man. It's like, you ain't doing nothing. You can't do nothing. And then on top of that, you like boys. Um, But the way she got to the hospital, because, you know, August be on her. Like, baby, where you going? What you doing? I got to make sure you are right out here in these streets. Where you going? And so she came to him in his office like before she got to the hospital like i need to see your car is something going on with shakopi so of course he hops up like okay let's go and she's like no i need to go by myself i don't need your input on this and he's like what it's something to do with your daughter but i can't go and you don't want to tell me nothing about it. and he's like okay cool and he gives her the keys anyway and it's like you know here you go and she's like, I didn't mean, he like, stop. You ain't got to explain nothing to me. It's cool. Go ahead. Do your thing. And then she goes, but when she comes back, like he knew what she was doing. He was like, so this is what we doing. You going to stay lying to me about shit. When I have asked you to tell me everything, like don't keep nothing from me. And so It's so funny because when she finds out that he's in the drug world and she's like, no, he wouldn't do that to me. Because after the hospital, Treats told her, like, you think you so much better than me and you better than my son. And you dealing with a nigga that is on a bigger scale of dealing drugs. So that's how I know you had my son selling drugs. And she's like, you don't know. Ain't no way he would lie to me like this. And come to find, and it's not even about lying. It's just like he that is lying but i guess i condone it fuck it i don't care because he's like man she's gonna lose her shit if she find out that i do do drugs but not in the way that it could bring any harm to her it's like girl we billionaires baby can't nobody touch us don't nobody know nothing about this um but she's sneaking down the stairs one night and she hear her um her lord she hears august and the best friend talking and saying you know we gotta get this shit handled can't have no snitches having my name out there and so she come home packing her bag like it was like the next day or something like that she comes home packing her bags and she's like man i gotta get away from this nigga because i'm not fucking doing this so that's when he met her at the bottom of the stairs so like where the fuck you think you going and you just gonna keep on lying to me and it's like yeah i was in a drug game but i'm no longer in the drug game like i got out of it for you to make sure that I could take care of you and take care of your daughter. And so, of course, she want to apologize. And he's like, you know, I'm sorry. I just didn't want to be caught up in this mess. And he's like, no, if you would actually take the time to talk to somebody instead of getting all in your emotions, thinking you about to go somewhere, it'll be all good. So she's like, cool. And also in the midst of him running the company, August, they were trying to vote him out at the, at the same time, but... He got dirt on everybody. So he like, if y'all thinking I'm about to go anywhere, y'all are sadly mistaken. And if you try to push me out again, I got all y'all tea and it's going public. So nice working together. Um, 
So that's the end of that. Even his own daddy. Like, I got shit on YouTube. I know you got mistresses. You got outside kids. So you might want to keep it cute and leave me the fuck alone. Um, and then the brother have an episode where he fell, hit like the edge of a counter and passed out. So he was in the hospital and everybody met up at the hospital and come to find out that um, him and the lady, Sam, who was Nicole's friend, they sleeping together, even though he is married, but it's just down on paper. Um, so they all there looking out for him, but he going to be all right. <sighs> I don't, that part, it was like so pointless to me, but I understand having to put in scenes of the story. But the brother going to be all right. He going to be just fine. And he's still with the no good wife while trying to shit on Sam in front of the wife. So it's just like, you know what? Fuck this and fuck y'all. And so we have one more court date for Nicole on the drug charges. And this is like her, this is it. This is like closing arguments. They going to find out if she going to jail or not. And so she getting ready to get out the car and August tell her, you know, I wish I could go, babe, but I can't. I got some, an important meeting to get to. And she's very upset about that. She's like, no, you don't. You the boss. If you wanted to, you could push it back. But since you want to leave me out here by myself, fuck you. And, you know, he calling her name, but she don't answer and she get in there. So let's go back to the beginning where that last quote-unquote druggie snatched the drugs from Rocco and ran out without paying he's on the stand he's like the last witness and her lawyer who don't know shit can't do shit rushes in like at the last minute making them late and there's another attorney like a way better attorney that August paid for comes through the door and as soon as the prosecutor sees him they're like shit they know their case over. Like, how the fuck she get him? And so she fires the lawyer that her daddy paid for and hired him on. And so the prosecutor was trying to prevent, prevent, present Lord evidence that he like entered at the very last minute. And so the her defense attorney is like, cool, I have no problem with it. But then they were trying to object to him like even being a lawyer and the judge is like, they said they had no problem with it and you about to present some evidence that's gonna help your case. So what is the issue? And they didn't have nothing to say. It's like exactly you about to ruin your own case because you that scared of this nigga. Um so when they he presents it, it's supposed to be something that includes Nicole into being involved in the situation and he calls the druggie who was actually an undercover agent and after he asks his questions then the defense attorney gets up and is like you know do you have any evidence that my client knew anything about this and the agent says no and he was like, actually, I can prove that it was the exact opposite because Rocco ran his hours, uh, his operation, excuse me, from the hours of this time to this time. And it's like, do you know why that why that is? Because, yes, those were the hours that Miss Hendricks worked and this would be the time she would be coming home. So nobody could be there to know what he was doing. So it's like, boom, bam, my client is innocent. She's free to go. So when she gets out on you know the steps 
reporters are trying to ask her questions because that's another thing it slipped out that they were in a relationship so all this time reporters have been trying to get information on her and talk to her but she wouldn't have none of that and neither was august so that condo that he was staying in they actually went to like his private house where he has armed guards and like handprints for everything and there's no way you could get in any other way um they trying to ask her questions, but the lawyer like bogarts in front of her, like, no questions. Don't touch my client. Don't ask her shit. And she's looking out into the sea of people, and she see August standing by the truck that they came in in with Shakopee. And so she rushing down the steps to hug her daughter, and it's like, oh my god, is this the meeting that you had? And he like, yeah. So if you would have calmed the fuck down, you would know I would never leave you here by yourself. Like, girl, I love you. Fuck is your problem. And so, you know, she once again has to apologize. And that's another thing. She spent the majority of her time apologizing. When it's just like, if you would fucking relax, girl, just relax. Or even ask questions. It's like, you so ready to fly off the handle. You won't ask questions. You just want to dip and leave and just, that's it. It's over. Whatever. And so that's the end of the story. So they're going to live happily ever after because he like, I'm ready to adopt her. I'm ready to marry you. We are now the Drake's baby. It is what it is. Um, What was I going to say? So my thing is I read a few of the comments because I'm like, I wonder how do people feel about this story? Especially the second part because I was just like, this all could have been included in the first like it could be a standalone novel some things are just not meant to be series it's just not but i saw a lot of people comment that they got a lot of unnecessary information in the second book and i don't think that's true like people are entitled to their opinion but really some of this information that we learned in the second book it should have been put in the first book because it's kind of like we were bypassing that information to get into the attraction between the two and how they just start having sex because this called banging my billionaire boss they really do not have sex until the very end of the book and it's like even then it's not like banging my billionaire boss is like we jump straight into a relationship like they was damn near finna get married as soon as they had sex but and that is my review for this story. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I'll see you back next week. Peace and blessings, my beautiful people.